let's go. Uh, all right. <laughs> let's go. <Woo>! Let's go. <laughs> this is Frame Rate, the podcast where we rate frames. I'm Woo! one of your hosts, Michael the Swamester. I'm the other guy, Abe Epperson. We have a very special guest. Someone from the Bean is coming from inside the Bean. Um, oh no! We have, <laughs> we're here with, of course, one of the biggest beans around. Host of multiple shows on this very network. Hi, Bridget. Hey, it's me, the biggest bean around. Yeah. That's true. Say something uh, embarrassing about yourself. No, oh, she's not on. No. She's not working right now. What, no. what more do you people want from me? What I don't, do you think? <laughs> Must I bleed for you? Yes. No, you're just here to rate some frames. This is the low-key casual yeah. small means show, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I love it. Uh, this is uh, what uh, the fancy school, I, the college I paid for, was for. This, exactly. This thing. <laughs> yes, this thing. yes. This is exactly. What your actual career is oriented around. Yeah, uh, exactly. And I mean, <laughs> specifically this movie. No, that would be weird. Yes, um, that would be very weird. Yeah. I have a degree in this movie. Mm -hmm. As we do uh, every September 11th, we're talking about Mean Girls. That's true. That's that is true. true. We always do that. It Both shockingly comes true. up. Both things yeah. I have never forgotten. So That's right. <laughs> uh, I want to take a moment. And uh, so, yeah, we're talking about Mean Girls. And I want to take a moment to thank uh, our patron, John. John is the pick of the flick of the month. And he wants to give a shout out to Laura, uh, his girlfriend, who is a Mean Girls fan. So, John and Aww. Laura, thank you so much for making this episode possible. They requested you, Bridget, so you should feel loved as well. I am honored. Uh, yeah, I'm very, I'm very honored to be talking about this movie because uh, it it meant so much and informed so much of my childhood. Or like growing up. Oh, yeah. ooh, good pick then. Good picks. Yeah. Good uh, picks. Thank you, John. Hi, Laura. More people should include shout outs. We'll do that. Yeah. Yeah. If, that's yeah, fun. That's, that's, that's very. A manifesto. Yeah, that's, very, yeah, that's a very like radio DJ thing to do. And that seems fun for everyone. Hey, <laughs> this next one is a Mean Girls coming at you from John. He says, hi, Laura. <laughs> yeah. You heard it here first at KW Small Beans. Oh, yeah. Bridget, DJ voice. Let's hear it. Oh, God. Asking me to do voices. This is the only one I have. Uh, <laughs> this, <laughs> All right. This is it. Then uh, why, don't, why don't you use your voice to tell us about your pre-existing relationship with Mean Girls? It sounds like you've seen it before. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, no, this was uh, definitely not uh, the first viewing of Mean Girls for me. Um but yeah, this movie came out, I, I did the math, and uh, I I think was in, so I was in middle school, I was in 6th or 7th grade when this movie came out, so it was very poignant at the time, uh, especially because I had just moved from a, a, a public school to the prep school my mother was working at for middle school. Uh, and then everyone told my mom to go see this movie with me. So I very distinctly remember watching it with my mother in theaters. Uh, and then, you know, coming back to school. And this was just like the biggest touchstone for every uh, like preteen teenage girl at the time. Because uh, I don't know, I think at that point it was rare to see a movie depict and center on high school girls like this so well like you had teen mm, you had mm -hmm. teen movies before but they were uh yeah there's yeah. even ones that broke to the genre like clueless um right those are few but and, this was yeah, an update this is an update and like those uh clueless is uh, you know few and far between we we rarely get those gems uh Right, right. Uh, so it was great. Like everyone just quoted. It was like the Anchorman phenomenon, where you were just like either quoting Anchorman or Mean Girls all the time, which <laughs> got annoying, but yeah. was fun for, I guess, me at the time. But uh, also a scary environment, a post Mean Girls world for a uh, a kind of like weird kid like me whose mom worked at a prep school walking into that a post mean girls high school where everyone felt emboldened now to be mean was wow. uh well was, that's what i was, was gonna scary. Ask. so 
what effect did it have on the real girl ecosystem in your life? Are you saying, because it sounded like you were saying, despite Mean Girls being about Mean Girls, what really happened is it became a shared lexicon and a touchstone that sort of was yeah. a medium to like all come together. But are you saying it also, in what ways did it embolden people to be Mean Girls? Uh, did they not watch the end of the movie? Uh, you know, and... and- 13 i don't think you like absorbed those lessons so like yeah it was a touchstone we were all like quoting it and and loving it but i do remember it wasn't my school but another uh adjacent school there was a big uh scandal when someone put up an online burn book like it just gave oh it just gave shape to their right it gave kids are so kids are monsters yeah it gave a lot of like those quote unquote like the the pre-existing mean girls like a lot of ideas uh sure uh but at yeah the, but at the same time it was like it was just like it just informed like again we were quoting it all the time uh mm-hmm. still to this day people quote it nonstop. uh it was such a big people were like they they nailed the way girls dressed at the time uh they got so much right and so it felt so it felt so real even though it was obviously this ridiculous heightened comedy movie uh it just it yeah. felt exciting and both scary to be like oh that's us on screen and then people kind of just fell into their niches for better or for Can worse ask, do you remember any of the quotes that were the most viral or most relied upon um, I mean, she doesn't even oh. go here. Huge. Oh, yeah, that is a good <laughs> one. She, go she doesn't even go here. Um, you can't sit with us. Uh, yeah. was that, uh, oh, well, that's the worst idea to give kids. Just you can't sit with right. us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, stop trying to make fetch happen. Oh, is, stop, yeah. Stop that's trying the one to make I was fetch. about to bring up. Stop yeah. trying to make fetch happen. It's not fetch? going to happen. That was huge. Yeah. <laughs> that was so huge that uh, nine years later, the White House tweeted that in joke. Really? Yeah. Yes. In uh, 2013. I remember this, but I, I for, had forgotten it, but I found it when I was researching this. Uh, Obama, the White House. Remember when Twitter in the white house that was like a thing yeah when remember those we, days? we, we yeah. weren't afraid when of they it would post photos of obama's dog and right, holding right. a tennis oh, yeah. ball in his mouth yes i remember saying, this tweet. stop trying to make fetch happen um nine oh, years later there's so just this week i saw a tweet tagged on like a hollywood uh reporter article about them rebooting fletch <laughs> the Chevy Chase vehicle, and Amazing. I didn't get it until I watched this movie again. Stop this trying time. to make Fletch Is happen. The tweet was "Stop yeah. trying to make Fletch oh, happen." Man. It's not going to happen. Yeah, there was yeah, there was it's a, a it's a meme. Yeah, there was a point it's in the movie. Meme. Meme. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there was definitely a point to, in my life where I could quote this movie from, like I could do the whole script really? if if I watched right. it. Uh, there was definitely a point Perfect. in my life where I could have done that. Oh my Perfect. god. Dude, I can't believe you think I like attention. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the, I remember someone uh, almost successfully convinced me to do the Kevin DePore rap at a talent show. I did oh, not. Oh, that did rap not. is not that good. It's not that good. At the time, it's, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, it's not but, that uh, good. Also, I read a piece of trivia on IMDb that, that doesn't feel great. In that Amy Poehler and Tina Fey were coaching that actor on how to rap before the scene. Right. Uh, yeah, it has. Well, also, a <laughs> an out gay character gets assaulted on stage, and nothing, and nothing's yes. done to follow right. up about that. The shoe to the head. Yeah, that's like that. Actually, you know how anyone getting hurt is usually funny. I don't know. That moment was too real. I. In in tw- from 2020's eyes, I was like, "Oh no, someone yeah. help that young man!" <laughs> this yeah. is like I was also worried the whole time. It made me immediately worried that, or I thought that it was credible that they were going to gloss over the teacher making out with students. 
But oh, yeah. Fortunately, no, <laughs> a little later, they uh, Tim Meadows is like, no, he's fully fleeing the police right now. So yeah. I was like, okay, so that means, I don't know. It was weird that both were presented in the same movie because I was like, um, but we're also in a heightened fantasy world where teachers can see a shoe hit a kid in the head in the middle of a talent show and nothing is done. Um, so they kind of fudge it and uh, there's just things that from 2020's vantage point seem dated oh yeah it's an old movie so that's not completely unexpected it's uh watching this now i haven't seen it in a couple years uh but my memory of it is still pretty vivid but watching it now and picking up on those those kinds of moments it just reminded me about um how my how my dad talks about the movie animal house and that being one of his favorite movies as a kid and going to the theaters uh, and watching a bunch of times yeah. and then me seeing it and being like, I'm uncomfortable with this movie and don't find it funny. Uh, mean Girls definitely, not quite to the extent of something like Animal House, but has a couple of those jokes where you're just like, yeah, that's not that great anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. The depiction. And for generations later, yeah. it's, it's going to be Animal House. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think about that all the time about the sliding scale of time, you know, yeah. <laughs> and how it comes for us yeah. all. Uh, it comes for us well, all. Well, comedy okay. also is rooted in time and extra disposable in that way, as many have observed. But yes. it is trippy to think about how Animal House and then in its turn, Mean Girls will become totally meaningless, like to the point of Elizabethan culture is to us. Right. Like it'll be interesting because of physical media. Like let's say in 200 years, if someone somehow stumbles upon Mean Girls, it would be such a bizarre time capsule of like aliens just doing weird shit. Yeah. (laughs) Even inside our own culture. Well, and it speaks to how insular child, how insular and ephemeral fashion and culture is. But like when you condense that into high school, which is only going to last four, I guess to six years, if you, if you have a rough road, (laughs) uh, it's, you know what I mean? Like there's just, it's a, it's mm-hmm. like a tiny, tiny Petri dish condensed into, I, there was phasal mimetic shit that would sweep through my high school and be gone in a matter of right. months. Oh yeah. Uh, so it's rare it, for a film to be able to capture the zeitgeist of youth. Yeah. It actually I, and I, is a tricky thing. And I think this, this movie does that so well. One, I just like always to this day, think about that, uh, that past that Dutch montage which is a great use of that song where they're like walking down the hallway and they're in these uh, what look now to be ridiculous miniskirts to be wearing to high school. But uh, I mean, we had uniforms, but that's what everyone, all the cool girls I knew, that's exactly what they look like at parties. Uh, like the plastics? Yeah, it was, it was such yeah. a touchstone to look and be like them to the point where I'm like, oh, you didn't, you didn't watch the movie and, and get that they're ridiculous. Uh and that, like, maybe Janice Ian is the hero of this movie? Mm. Uh, um, mm, uh, I, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I, no. Well, she doesn't really, I, I, she doesn't go through an arc. She doesn't change, she doesn't change, and she isn't the moral center of the film either. No. Um, she I, well, does get a beat that is traditionally okay. occupied by the moral center, but I think that she is wrong because she's equally manipulative. Oh yes, than well, everyone else. I think she's wrong in like the cracked sense where we could write a good bullet pointed list about like the issues with her moral superiority in this movie. Like if you think about yeah. it, she doesn't really have much of a moral leg to stand on. No, but um, what's her character name? Does anyone remember? Jan- Are you talking about Janice? Janice is Janice. the character. Yeah, Lizzie Kaplan. Is by Lizzie Kaplan. Lizzie Kaplan. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. Um, but I do want to talk about structure. I'm really glad it went that way because. So, Abe, what do you? How do you think this movie is structured? Is it structured like television is structured? It's a great question. Yeah. Uh, what would no, Lizzie's well, role be in the standard? This is a great yeah. time to define intra and inter. Uh, like I guess disciplinary editing. It's always I guess a great maybe, time for that. Uh, <laughs> like, because I'd say that so rhythm and pacing are different. 
right? When we talk in terms of like filmmaking, what rhythm is, is uh, within a scene and pacing is supposed to be scene to scene, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason I separate the two is that I think that this is a very misleading structure because the rhythm, sorry, the pacing throws the scene to scene throws us off, but it's basically just a paginated format of something like clueless or something like can't hardly wait in its DNA. It is definitely uh, a teen comedy drama. Uh, which I, you know, like comedy drama, meaning like can't hardly wait, you know, 10 things I hate about you or whatever. Um, it's well trodden. But did you find that it was structured like a film? Cause to me it felt almost like a condensed season of a good sitcom. It's that's, I'm so glad you mentioned that because that's all I wanted to talk about because the editing in this movie in my opinion mm. is fantastic and it it's it's also because it's it comes from a place that i think that um we have to kind of there's kind of elephant in the room this type of editing is what i think created us uh meaning swaim and abe's editorial process like we are doing these kinds of things the overall pace uh yeah. that is like reminiscent of a lengthy montage in something, but also is over within, like if you take a stopwatch to it, the pacing of this, if you look at like what is a scene and whether that is, uh, basically it comes down to two things. Uh, I guess, yeah, it comes to down to two things, but like there's basically, uh, a, there's a trope of teen films that have narration uh, and that is definitely how this movie moves so quickly but it has four basic ways in which it does scenes and those really are just two ways and so i want to unpack that <laughs> let's think about like when they uh so when you think abe's about going any on, <coughs> abe's going on one get ready uh, let's do it yeah so when you think about this there's movie, two you think there's of, four there's eight there's two but here's four uh <laughs> so the there's four ways in which scenes operate in this movie direct to camera exposition or just saying like character details. That's not just, that's usually the uh, random asides that we get with like people like Tim Meadows saying like Regina is like this. Right. All all the, all the girls in school talking about, or that's one we get flat out montage of just like B roll of the, high school over Katie's narration. Right. We, yeah. We get phone calls between the plastics. That's another trope. And sometimes we get flashbacks to Katie's past or uh, flashbacks to remind us of plant and payoff. Yeah. These play much like the dream sequences, like the famous watering hole scene mm-hmm. where they all turn into animals and stuff. Mm-hmm. That's kind of, I'm putting that in the same category as flashback only because it's like this dream space right. that usually happens within Katie's narration. Now, the reason I say it's two is because it's almost like there's two things. All the four things that I just told you combine into one, which is this inner the in-between scene kind of stuff that happens. Like there's scenes like basic sequence where it's like, I am a character and you're a character and we're now talking about our problems or whatever, making jokes. And then there's this other thing that is one of pick one of the four things I just outlined over music, over her narration. There's like nodes and bridges. Yeah, exactly. And there's, What's crazy about this movie and the reason it's so like, I think you're very right, Swaim, to point out it doesn't feel structurally aligned with what we typically see in these kinds of movies is because everything moves. They paginate it in a way that everything moves about even the scenes themselves. No sequence, no node or bridge is longer than two minutes. So it's TV speed. Yeah. And it's also the... So there's also a period in traditional s- screenplays of this nature called fun and games. And you kind of try to games, maximize yeah. fun and games, period. But I mean, if you go back to the 70s and you'll see a movie like this, 
it's like the first act is setting up and then the middle right. act is fun and games. So right. it's like an Oreo cookie that's evenly yeah. distributed. This movie yep. is like an Oreo cookie where they mechanically, chemically made it all cream and it has the thinnest possible skin of Oreo cookie shell around it. Right. It's like the opening scene is literally 90 seconds of a literal elevator pitch like her just saying it could it could word for word have been how they sold the movie in the room is her saying i'm from africa yeah um oh so i'm was in africa but now i'm here it's gonna be like this this is crazy well you know what i mean it's gonna be crazy 90 seconds boom the rest of the movie is fun and games it's amazing yeah like the rest of the movies pay off well that's (laughs) what i love i i think it's it's kind of the opposite of of like a a Judd Apatow comedy because this movie wastes no time. You were talking about the editing. There's not like a beat after a joke that you wait for. Like it Mm-mm. cuts immediately after the joke. And I think yep. if you look back, this movie came out in 2003? Four. Four. 2004. So that's, and 30 Rock started in 06. So this is Tina Fey coming right off of SNL. Mm-hmm. And you can see mm-hmm. that in that like there are sketches within like all throughout what you're talking about those four kind of like montage bits there are sketches throughout the movie uh there's sketches exactly what like going back to what i was saying about a judd apatow movie is if you if you look at a lot of them they they stop being comedies in the third act and a lot of comedy movies do this they stop being they stop making jokes in the third act uh mm-hmm. and this it goes movie, joke joke uh sorry joke act joke act heart act you gotta have the heart act. Gotta, yeah, yeah, no, that you're absolutely right. That is exactly right. The way in which you just said it, uh, yeah. it's insane to me how it's not like uh, I'm not. I'm not gonna necessarily say this is the only way to make a movie, but it's just better than the current uh, incarnations of comedy that we have, in my opinion. And this is this is where it happens. This is where I am becoming old. <laughs> this is where I go. They don't make them like they used to. Means gr- Mean Girls is like they used to right. because it's like it's a ninety-minute comedy. Like when, we don't get ninety-minute comedy. I was cutting my teeth, and it was like the best of that time. Yeah. You know, like 2004 is perfect because I just got out of high school <laughs> and I was starting to try to become a real person. And I was like, well, comedy's good and I'm kind of <laughs> funny. What's really funny right now? Oh, Mean Girls. Right. <laughs> you know, and then you realize that they like these things have like a, a speed to them. You break a stopwatch out and they have like a they it all kind of coalesce. I mean, and look at um, and look at to this day like that's that's uh I mean, obviously, uh, Tina Fey was, uh, for me, a a comedy a a comedy nerd growing up was a huge and still is a huge idol of mine. And if you look like this is quintessentially her style, where it's just breakneck jokes yep. per minute. Uh, when you look at Thirty yeah. Rock, and it's just jokes per minute, or even something like Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, uh, the more modernized version of it, it's still joke after joke after joke, and it doesn't. You can move a plot along and still be funny. There's yeah, it something... felt so connected to 30 Rock. Uh, that was something I got out of watching it this time specifically that was yeah. very mm-hmm. pleasant. Was like putting it in the context. It's worth a rewatch just to contextualize it in Tina Fey's career and be like, and Amy Poehler's for that matter, going yeah. on to Parks and Rec. It's like you can see traces of both of their stylings because we know their styling so well at this point melded together. It was a super group in disguise because it came before yeah. they did bigger things. You know what I mean? And of course, Lindsay Lohan. It's good to see her. She's right. doing good, I hope. <laughs> this was like... I personally... Uh, I found I, her I, unobjectionable. Yeah. It was fine. And, but... Yeah. Rachel McAdams steals this film. Oh, oh Rachel McAdams right. is perfect in this role. Apparently, she was supposed to be the Lindsay Lohan role, uh, and they moved her. They to... were smart to make the better actor the yes. Uh, and the I think the quote about her playing that role was like, "It takes a nice girl to play a mean girl," uh, and she that's great. Absolutely kills it in this movie. All of the all of the plastics do. Uh, like this is the first time we saw Amanda. Oh, yeah. It was the first time we saw Amanda Seyfried, and 
her i mean she yeah that's yeah, right she's it's a, her first film role right yeah and she's wow. a cartoon in this movie but like she was also one of those who just mm-hmm. delivered like those incredibly quotable lines like the 30 percent chance it's already raining yeah it's brilliant right and likewise uh lacy uh chabert as yes. gretchen wieners probably has my favorite line like we should totally just step caesar oh my god you know, like it's that that, that caesar, whole monologue yeah. is so fucking good it's so good <laughs> that whole caesar rant is is brilliant and then uh just her talking about like uh the white ho- the white gold hoop earring she got for hanukkah Right. still makes me laugh <laughs> it's still yeah it's a good joke the the three plastics are perfect in this movie Lindsay lohan is is fine it's nice to remember like oh she was probably doing well at this point in her life and <laughs> right, right. Yeah, for me we thought she was gonna... were the phone call sequences i just never get it's like the the bones yep. are their money sketch and i think you should leave it's the best part <laughs> it's the just like oh, the yeah. part that shines it's the best part and i think it's because when you are a phones now <laughs> you yes uh, have <laughs> ultimate editing control and editing is where this style of humor shines so it's just like oh we're in phone call land the jokes can go super speed and we can do classically play with over and over you don't know who's there someone else is there the line is different yeah. there's so many ways for it to go and i just couldn't get over I how good the phone call scenes are in this movie. It's, I definitely have stolen direction. Uh, in fact, I can actually think of times I actively was like, oh, that's really good. I should save that. And then I like used it in Agents of Crack. For phone calls. <laughs> you know, like, the phone calls, because think about one thing that the there's a phone call between Regina and Katie when they talk about the protein mm-hmm. bars. Yes. Uh, where she's it's before she knows that they she's gained all, all the weight from the protein bars and it's side by side. Uh, and there's one thing that all films that do phone calls do that this doesn't or rather I guess you can also define it as this does something that other movies don't and that is that those shots are not static they don't stick to a single frame where it's like hey this is their shot right yeah it cuts so you're watching two movies now it pans it cuts right. it tilts also and i was like oh shit you can do you can right. do your that. brain can you take can, in that much information wow yeah you can side by side and you can get away with it and once i realized that i was like well then now it's like why not show two movies when you just when you're showing one movie right. and uh yeah so regina's shot like pans and cuts to show it like cuts to the tv cuts to uh her little her sister little who's sister. dancing great yeah, background it cuts gag. to the dot right uh, it's just another exa- uh the, the director knew what he was doing yeah. which is funny because um we actually have covered this director before on this podcast yeah uh, he's done a remember. lot of teen movies he's done he, he's worked a lot with tina fey but that's not where we actually covered this tell uh, me we covered he directed this white recently. snake the lavish chinese no. cg kids movie no. the director is mark waters and he directed house of yes oh. so frame rate uh, friends wait yeah. give me a second he also directed to think of, about what that means house of yes right. and mean girls that's very interesting okay go on yeah <laughs> yeah he also he's directed a lot of uh, Tina Fey vehicles, um, and also including Freaky Friday. I liked House of Yes, but was, he's lucky to. I feel like T- he, Tina Fey elevated right. his career somewhat. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, uh, I mean, she. Yeah. It was also when you when you began talking about the editing, I was interested to hear what you said because I feel like uh, this is such a good example of you know writing and editing leaning on each other because I think. Uh, if yeah. the script wasn't so tight and the jokes weren't so good and and came so quickly the editing in this movie uh it wouldn't have worked the same way it would it would be incredibly awkward because right. that first phone call scene uh seems to come out of nowhere uh like right. it is it is kind of jarring at points it works for the script but uh it is like a, an interesting kind of case study on how those two things go hand in hand so well and i'll be honest that is my favorite relationship between any two modes like production editing 
craft services acting. You know what I mean? Um, well, yeah. the relationship between craft services and acting is acting. Delicious. It's important. Yeah, it's it's key. But uh, no, uh, the relationship between writing and editing, I think, is the most crucial to comedy, and, and it's my favorite. Like it cracked when I the few times I had the privilege of like mentoring or bringing up to speed a new writer or editor. I would always teach the editors to edit like a writer, by which I mean actually right. craft meaning Cut. and craft sentences, so to speak, and story beats, including adding right. interpolative jokes and new material through your edit, like edit um, creatively, like a, like you're writing a new story with the pieces that were given to you. Whereas I would mm -hmm. teach writers to write like an editor, meaning do not write your random introspections as much as you imagine what the editor is going to be looking at and cutting and you use the sentences to guide when they should cut because mm -hmm. you want them to cut when you want them to cut. If you don't understand when it's going to cut, you don't know what's funny about your joke. You have to know what the speed of the joke oh, yeah. should be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And I would say that to like any, uh, you know, writer, screenwriter listening to this podcast is uh in my experience anytime i've got into set with a script that i wrote or or didn't write and uh in the script you can't either while you were writing or while you were reading it couldn't visualize how the scene takes place that scene will a hundred percent of the time once you get into either production or the editing room screw everything up uh, if you if you can't yeah. visualize it on the page or while you're writing it, that scene is a hundred percent of the time where where things are going to fall apart in in production or the editing room or the overall movie. Uh, and and this, I have to like if you if you looked at the script, it's so clear what's going on at every single moment. Yeah. It's such a tight script. It's one vision, one speed. And of course, there are exceptions uh, like masterpiece screenplays that are written impressionistically or whatever because it was some weird auteur. Right. But it's yeah, a good general I, I rule. I'm for, thinking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's about the words they're not saying. Sweetie. Well, Nightcrawler, yeah. I, 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 Nightcrawler is a great screenplay, but it leaves it doesn't like, for example, tell you what is oh, happening yeah. on screen. The director had to or had the freedom to you know, bring yeah. that all to bear when they got to set. But anyway, comedy is about clarity, <laughs> baby. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's a way in which this, there's a few times that this film sh throws kind of in the same editorial conversation, uh, tries new things and only does it once in a way that I would say that's not typically Ooh, like I, I, that yes. wouldn't work. Yes. But then it does. I because of, have a big one with this, what you're saying, but, but go on. Well, the, the one I thought of is the one when they, uh, when they reveal that, uh, Regina says anytime she hates. Yes. Like a yes. piece of clothing. Is that your example? That as was well? exactly what it took me. I, again, I've watched this movie so many times I would say maybe around the fifth viewing, I understood that. Wait, that, what is that, it? There was right. a flashback let, in let there. Let Bridget so, tell it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Abe. Um, so they're uh, in the scene when they're um, waiting, or uh, Regina meets uh, Katie waiting in line to send out the candy grams. And mm. uh, they're having a conversation. A girl walks by uh, and she compliments, a random high schooler walks by and she compliments her skirt. The minute she walks away, Regina George says, that's the ugliest effing skirt I've ever seen in my life. Right after that, Katie has a flashback of her saying, oh, my God, I love your bracelet. Where'd you get it? Which is exactly mm -hmm. what she said to that girl. Uh, it happens so quickly that it's kind of hard to catch what happens in that moment. That Katie is, is realizing yep. that Regina is lying to her just as oh, much as she's lying Regina to anybody. Regina probably said that behind her back when that happened yeah. to her. Exactly. No, we literally saw it before in the film. It's just it was so, so long and ago so long and this ago. movie yeah. so goes so fast that you you weren't told to pick it up. So it's like an eight it's a reverse plant and payoff. Although yes. yeah, right? I I think they well they're throwing a lot of things at us here and I think they get away with a lot in the shuffle but they also don't and that's a symptom of that system of just throwing a lot of things at us like right. like i agree the, uh, yeah. this is pro probably the weakest point of the movie for me was how telegraph the plan mm -hmm. payoff of 
she finally breaks down and writes a burn in the burn book and you're yes. like well that where is this going that's not gonna end well that was it was an unearned all, it was yeah. a two telegraphed of a punch for me <laughs> it was like right, right. now it's let like, us well, katie's now not like acting now like let katie. us set up the yeah. ending the ending has been set up and you're like, oh man, you right. were uh, weaving and weaving and weaving. And then you were like, now let me leave this loaded gun here on the kitchen table. And you're like, all right, I see where this yeah. is going. I yeah. just thought it was a little heavy handed. That was, that was I think the only thing for me. I think that's teen conflict needs to be in blaring letters for all yes. the school to see. Uh, so I, I, I no, don't I think it's think justified in the way that you're yeah. saying. You're absolutely right. I just think that it's just They should have done the classic you know. trick, which is it always works. And it's really the only thing you can do, which is make the fact that she wrote in the burn book the conclusion to some other plot point, because things can be two things. If it's the conclusion to something that was mm -hmm. set up earlier and we don't know it's also a setup for a next beat, then you can't definitively know. The only reason that scene could possibly exist is to set up the ending. You know what I mean? They were, they're so good at shuffling yeah. and playing the shell game. I just thought that was an area where you like caught them slipping. They could have played the shell well, game there too and they missed it. I think at the time, and maybe it's because of, uh, I guess, at the time who the audience was for this movie, which was 13-year-old um, girls, which I was and uh, was an idiot, uh, didn't see it coming that she, the twist for me was that she didn't write that about Katie. She wrote it, that about herself to make that plan. Yeah. So that twist at yes. the time worked for me. Oh, uh, I... <laughs> I did see that coming. Maybe it's because I'm 35 and I shouldn't hold it against. I mean, the yeah, movie, and you've, yeah, yeah, you've you've seen a lot more movies than 13 year old Bridget has. That's true. Uh, but also another thing I picked up on, which was incredibly telegraphed, and maybe this is just like I don't know. I rolled my eyes at like too clever writer foreshadowing. Mm -hmm. They mention the bus thing comes up so many times. Uh, like she, she says her crush hits her like a big yellow school bus. The first day she walks into school, she almost gets That's run right. over by a, uh. she almost gets run over by a bus. She fantasizes. Uh, there's a yeah, right. that she does. Yeah. They're, they're, it hit me like a big yellow school, school bus. bus when she's talking about Aaron Samuels. Yeah. And then like the first day when she's, she walks into school, the first thing that almost happens is she gets run over by a bus. Like she it almost keeps... gets hit by a bus. Yeah. Also, uh, dude, so how could Aaron believe Regina at this point? He's known her a bit now. Like their exes, yeah. it's crazy to me in real life terms that Regina came up and went like, uh, oh, that girl, she's hateful and disgusting. And she said that you're a prick. And he's like, I guess she did. Wow, that girl hates me, huh? It's like, you don't suspect of Regina of being manipulative and spreading rumors. You broke up with her yeah. it was probably about Given something like that in, yeah hormones make you make you crazy man uh, like yeah this, they, uh, this everyone this, justifies everything because they're hot yeah this movie know? has has does i for better or worse has like high school goggles of like real life not uh rose-colored glasses uh aaron samuels is a is a dumb jock just as much as shane omen is He's following her oh, yeah. around like a puppy, and just like everybody else's. Through real life glasses, the thing that kept pounding in my brain is poor Regina George. I think she has borderline personality disorder <laughs> because the she moves with such speed that it's uh, it, intentionally. It's like a caricature of someone being like, I build you up. I take it away and destroy you. I build you up. Right, I'm she's a an evil genius. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> she manipulates just for the sake of manipulating people. These are like compulsions. She's living in her own personal hell. She needs like yeah. therapy. They make her a cartoon <laughs> character too. They're aware of this. For example, uh, when she does realize that the Swedish bars are uh, fucking mm. with her weight, uh, she has that realization at the car and she starts so screaming. Good. Yeah. And then it cuts to her at her door. And she's still screaming, right? Opening and closing door, yeah. still screaming. She goes over to uh, a, a like a collage wall of her in the plastics, which I don't know. I never had any a collage that wall. Is a, that is but a it's thing just that photos girls of them grabbing a photo, opening a desk, grabbing scissors cutting or no she throws the book on the ground as it pans down it's like six continuous cuts of her screaming for 
but it seems long when I describe it. Oh, it happens in it is all over in maybe six ten seconds. seconds. Yeah, uh, but it feels long enough that you're like, that's funny that she screamed over the yeah. whole montage. And, yeah, good for um, Rachel McAdams lungs for screaming. Yeah, that exactly. Entire and, time. And it was it had it was planned. It had to be planned. Yeah, everything was. Planned. Oh yeah, she's. I mean, the the speed at which Regina George's brain has to work. Uh, yeah, is is <laughs> terrifying for like all these plans to happen so quickly and uh, right. be truly so terrible. Like at least uh, Janice's plan was like, yeah, just take her down. <laughs> she had three mm-hmm. bullet points. They weren't that uh, complicated. That's a normal spiteful teenager. Mm-hmm. Right. I do want to go back a little bit to your uh, to the example that we both had of her uh, commenting on the skirt and then Katie realizing. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, you you attested that like it took you a few watchings because when you're young, you didn't like think to look. Yeah, I think. And this is, I'm now looking at it as a perspective of like, here I'm 35 and I've like worked in this industry for a while and I've seen and dissected enough that I feel like they did their good work um, because I do think they set it up. Now that that will never excuse anyone just saying I didn't get it because that's on the creator of the film, the creators of the film to, well, you missed one, you know, like, yeah. but I do think that. Uh, the flashback does work, and the reason it's a reverse payoff uh, in that it pays off, and then it tells you to remember something that it didn't like pronounce earlier in the film. Right. It pronounces it later, so it's just the order. You of weren't told to pay attention until after the fact, right? right. And that is a flaw. That mm-hmm. is a flaw, but I it's don't think it's you're allowed of, to do it. Though it's yeah. a thing you're allowed to do <laughs> right. it, and I just wanted to go to bat for this movie that because of the things like when we cut to uh i keep going back to it when we cut to like tim meadows or someone else saying like regina is this you know or you know just the 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 chorus of the school direct to camera like um kind of like the office but like less documentary you know those those bits of Mm -hmm. the movie because at any time you have the expectation and the speed of the movie allows it to like if you cut to something drastically different we are our brains are already attuned because the language of the movie has been teaching us right to be like ready for anything at any time her narration can come in at any time a monologue can be shared by multiple people queuing in different lines right. of dialogue so because of this kind of throw everything at the wall kind of strategy uh, it doesn't feel out of place. Whereas like, think about a movie that didn't operate like this. And then you did a reverse plant payoff like that uh, in that, that movie, it would stick out like a sore thumb. Yes. So it's just another one of the things where it's like, not only are the editors and directors and creators and writers, they're all aware of the pacing and the timing of it. And it's all elaborately planned because they're like, that's how our movie moves. But they're also like, also the fact that it moves that way, right? That has its own significance, that has its own kind of expectation from the audience that we can then also play with, right? So it's this like meta, this meta knowledge of it, and that is really smart, yeah. I like, I think yeah. that that is effective. I, I never want, uh, I, I definitely agree with you on that. I, I don't. I would never want to blame a movie for assuming that I'm smart. Uh, I, right. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I don't want the movie to handhold me. Uh, when I eventually figured it out, I was like, "Oh, I should have been paying closer attention to this movie." So it ultimately, like, it's a movie that does the right thing, and because of how fast it moves, rewards you for for paying attention to every little detail. Is it, it might be a little clunky, but I think ultimately it still works and it's still a good joke and kind of a, a good moment for Katie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yep. 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 Uh, always good movie. to see 
Tim Meadows. I uh, yes, he's a little underused for how funny I know he can be. Although yes. he had some yeah, moments. Really I will keep you here all night. We can only keep him till four. I will keep you here <laughs> till four. Okay, <laughs> yeah, another another cultural touchstone that 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 exact line created was um, growing up in Miami. Uh, we had a lot of uh, really bad thunder and lightning storms around mm-hmm. the time that. Uh, school would get out and sometimes they couldn't release us or let us out of the classroom at the end of the day because lightning was too close uh so they couldn't let us out of the classrooms and everyone's like well how long could they reasonably keep us here and and there a rumor had spread that they can't keep us there past four after that movie (laughs) i think it was solely based on that movie that 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 must be based on some law or something i bet that's true it got like incepted into our brains of like as we're waiting like the teacher stopped teaching we're just sitting in the classroom waiting for the lightning to move yeah just like they can't keep us here past four oh we had the rule that (laughs) in high school we were like uh there would always be a kid who's like oh the teacher's more than five minutes past the bell we all get to go it's like a a law yes yeah it's a law they're like no (laughs) no why did you think that no you have to stay here. Yeah, it's like yeah. we can't just have kids running I had car around trouble. because I they was have a twelve minutes late. You don't get to out of yeah. class. Um, but I was just gonna say, I do think it's actually important to the movie and the goals of the movie overall that the dudes kind of get sidelined, and Aaron Samuels is also oh, yeah. kind of sidelined, and that's cool. It's uh, it's important to have. Some yeah, it's not their like movie. That. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. But it's I not d- his movie. I did wonder if there was some super hidden Easter egg in. Well, no, because the Joker wasn't out yet. Okay, I guess it's nothing. But (laughs) I just noted that Regina sort of wants to see the school burn, and she stands on the steps of the school, which is (laughs) Joker-esque, and it pans past her, and then Tim Meadows picks up a bat. So it's like you need a Batman to fight a Joker. Yeah, his hell no, I did not leave the south side for this. I did not leave the south side of Chicago for this, yeah. is perfect i i oh, hell no i love i and i want some film school student to write an essay about regina george as a joker type character mm-hmm. uh i would love that yeah. uh i don't the whole thing about the joker though is that he was disenfranchised his whole life and and the whole thing about regina george was uh is she's that she's incredibly privileged yeah yeah <laughs> uh yeah yeah so I'm not sure, but uh, that kind of privilege leading to you just wanting, like, being so careless and just wanting to watch the school burn at any cost. Yeah. It's uh, also interesting how, uh, and it's got to, I think it's definitely probably Tina Fey that added the bit, but, like, Tina Fey seems to love, and just fall, fuck, fucking fall over at the end. Let's add another joke. Yeah. Fucking fall over, dude. Just the bit where she just falls into a trash can for no reason. You're oh like, oh my god. And yeah. at the end of yeah. the shot, she wants to be hurt fun. yourself. You know, it's funny. It's funny to get hurt. Yeah, that stunt. <laughs> I I would love to know. One, I really wonder if Lindsay Lohan did that. It couldn't have been because mm-hmm. that's kind of a hard thing to do. It seems like a stunt person stunt. Yeah. It, yeah, it has to be. Uh, what a great moment. I remember that moment from the trailer and being like, I'm going to see this movie. Because uh, that's what I'm like. I was like, Pratt Fall, got it. You got me. Um, she boom fall down. Yeah. Me like. And then, yeah. That, and the whole scene of them in the gym afterwards, like uh, after the whole school goes into calamity and you get that uh, great line from that kid, uh, Mom, can you pick me up? I'm scared. Mm-hmm. Uh which was another one that that caught on like wildfire, but that whole like sharing sharing your feeling sequence is another perfect just like joke after joke after joke. Karen talking about Gretchen shitting her pants at a Barnes and Nobles, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah. the, the girl in the wheelchair trying to do the stage dive, which probably I don't know if that's cool now anymore. I don't know, but it's it, it's such a perfect <laughs> joke machine, and then. They managed to make that an important moment, but oh my god, that scene is so funny. I that scene is would love to hear from funny. any differently abled people in the audience. In my mind, it is not ableist to observe that if someone in a wheelchair tried to shop, yeah. crowd surf, it would be humorous. 
I don't think that's ableist, but let us know uh, yeah, in the it, comments. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. That, that, that was my read. As I was saying it out, out loud, I was like, I'm not the person to okay, say whether or not. But I, it's not me. <laughs> I think yeah. It's, yeah, it's um, not on me. A line I want to know, did anyone ever catch on to, I'm not a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. Oh, <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh, my oh. God. Uh, Amy Poehler yes. killing yeah. it. Huge. Her her dancing alongside of the Jingle Bell Rock, too, is Did you guys ever have perfect. a friend like that? I had one friend who weirdly owned his mom, and it was really unsettling. Like, ordered That's her around weird. and yelled at her and stuff. Uh, that it, no, I, I, I knew that. I knew a couple kids again going like going to the prep school I went to. They were very it, he was, was very like, wealthy, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It, it's definitely like a a rich kid thing to do, and I I saw a lot of it, and I saw there was definitely a kid in my high school, and I remember between homecoming and then there was like an after party. Uh, we went to uh back to his house to like change and stuff before going to the the party and his mom came in said that line and gave us a bottle of malibu rum wow oh uh, she literally quoted the movie she, she yeah she literally said i'm not like a regular mom i'm a cool mom and then gave us a bottle of uh the sweetest rum Man, uh, even adults yeah, are sheep. She's just like, I'm like from the movie. Let's do the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, this is what I slot into is, this right? role in the movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And Amy Poehler just, uh, is there alcohol in this? No. What kind of mom do you think there I am? But if you want any, I'd rather you drink in yeah. my house. <laughs> right. I, that's, it's, yeah. I love, um, I love that bit and it's a common trope where it's like, this is what, so this is, I'm just floating this like to be cool, but really I, I, I do want it. Yes. Though. So like I, it's not working. So yeah, I'm just going to ask straight up, <laughs> just you ask know, for can approval. I be involved yeah. in this? Uh, yeah, exactly. Because it's not about them. It's about her. <laughs> also that, that does remind me and like, I can't blame any, any movie from this, uh, but there's some really bad ADR in this movie if you oh my are, god if you've watched it dude there's yeah. so one some you of the funniest looped dialogue in the background of yes. a wide crowd shot i've ever heard is when they are in the cafeteria at right after yep. she gets hit by a bus the dialogue you hear in the background to establish what's going on in one of these transition yep. scenes we've been talking about is and i quote word for word she pushed her in front of a bus did she do it did you see it yes <laughs> it's so weird. Yeah, it's, it's so, so bizarre. Weird. I caught that one too. I was like, All okay, right. what yeah. a weird there's conversation. A couple, <laughs> there's just, a couple just really just weird making it clear. ADR lines in this movie that like I'm not sure need to happen. The one that uh sticks out to me is when they're going to meet Regina's mom. Um uh, and, and Gretchen goes, check out her boob job. And then there's a weird ADR line that just goes, they're hard as rocks. And yeah. It, it's, <laughs> it's very weird. And like I was like, they didn't even get that actor to do that line. But they're just trying to cram those jokes in. Yeah. It's like I, so much silicon in a breast. It's in, but... <laughs> yeah, I think it's too. I think it is that. I think it is j uh, oh, yeah. j just jamming the jokes in. But I think it's also the thing I was talking about about the meta awareness of the pacing's effect on the film and how. Oh, people like there has to be it. a line here because it has to go boom, 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 boom. Yeah. If right. it's if it's not, it feels out of place in this movie because rewatch this movie and just think about how fast your attention is being distracted yeah it's constant this movie it's not like is more the adult movies. sophisticated equivalent of shaking key a keychain in a baby's face it can't stop yeah. for even yes. a second or it would become I, uninteresting I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's a lot of film that's music videos yeah that's like and that's commercials yeah i feel like oh, they yeah. they kind of like gave themselves a rule in this movie that every cut needs to land on a joke Mm -hmm. So you get a yeah, lot of those yeah. strange lines, like a joke or, or something uh, poignant to the plot, because uh, every cut happens immediately after that. So I feel like that that might be right. where a lot of those ADR lines come in, is right. just their, their commitment. And I don't 
to that. Right. But it's it is true that no matter how good of a comedian you are, you can't like get You're not gonna win them all. Joke blood out of a joke stone. Sure. You know? Joke But I mean it works. Yeah. <laughs> this movie See, this case movie, in point. You can try. <laughs> <laughs> This movie's huge. There was, I mean, the the musical won a ton of Tonys. Uh, oh, the legacy lives that's on. Right. Yeah, its legacy lives on. Uh, have you yeah, guys I, seen? Yeah, I, I really saved. I feel like that's another movie that accomplishes what oh, this saved is great. Accomplish, yeah, yeah, yeah. When and I saved? believe that when Ferris Bueller that does, even though it's before my time. Like I can't naturally connect to. That's right. I'm like Ferris Bueller feels like the love that people of a certain age have for it it was yeah. probably accurate or probably they recognized that's exactly what the shit we would wear i feel like they feel that way about that movie the way i feel about mean girls yeah, yeah. saved by the way came out the same year as I was that makes a lot of sense that. that's really interesting yeah uh yeah that does make a lot of sense uh but even looking at going back and looking at uh the pictures of like what people wore the red carpet and stuff it just it the whole thing <laughs> of the premiere is very funny because it is it it is a time capsule of a movie but uh you know it i mean that the musical that came out was pretty recent and was a huge hit so right. like there there clearly is something very universal about this movie and i mean it's it, it's based off a a uh, uh, like a teenage help me book <laughs> like a mm-hmm. how how to deal with your shitty teenage daughter book mm-hmm. like an advice book uh and i think that's why it it feels so true because uh teenage girls as i've discussed on another podcast on this network can be the worst people in the world and uh mm-hmm. <laughs> there there's so much there that's not talked about and like how how truly cruel we can be because we don't in society don't have like a i mean they talk about it at the end of the movie that regina channeled all her aggression into sports like generally we don't teenage girls don't have that kind of outlet for aggression and it comes out in these weird ways against each other uh and there aren't a safe to certainly that movie but there aren't a lot of movies that that go into that in as much detail as this movie does and i think that's why it despite the fact that it seems very dated in 2004 is still it was super refreshing. I, I think it's such a hit. Yeah. It's because it operates in the language of let's deconstruct the codes and conventions yes. of uh, the stereotypes and social groups. Of, so it will like many teen films, it is exclu- uh, there is a problem with inclusion. We talked about this with Clueless. You know, like it uh, it takes a d- there's a few R words in this oh, movie. Yeah. Uh, you know, we talked about the ableism. Yeah. Uh, it's going to do that because it's a teen film. I'm sure that there's a teen film that will be made that is going to be super inclusive and it's going to work and still be eighth like, grade comes to mind culturally relevant. The recent Bo Burnham movie. Yeah, exactly. Grade. That's yeah. a great example. Yeah. Uh, but like this one is this one just like the things that it comes out of, you know, whether it's like the 50s and 60s, like beach party films, uh, you know, all the way back then. But then more contemporarily, you know, like stuff like um, Breakfast Club and then you you get even more contemporary and you get things like Clueless. Right. Um, you're still doing things like there's a rebel, there's a misfit. Like right. There's always a montage where it's like, alright, and this one montage. does it just as yeah, this one does it just as like, let's look at a piece of paper. Oh, but that This is where the stoners are. This is where the transition is. is so cool. It's still. very uh, yeah, Goodfellas. Yeah. Goodfellas yes. does the same yeah, shit. I... Yeah, I want a teen. Ah, uh, a teen. Well, it's even. A, it's even. I was gonna say, says, um, being with the plastics was like being famous. You could just add the Goodfellas for, and for us, there was no other way to live. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, right. The Copacabana us, is uh, the cafeteria. Yeah. No other way to live. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. You just make <laughs> Robert De Niro as a oh teen, man. As your you use the Irishman technology to make Robert De Niro just force him. I don't care how hard <laughs> it is. You make him look yeah. sixteen. Horrible. Yeah. 
Stop, oh, stop trying to make uh or yeah, Marlon Brando doing like stop trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> it's not gonna, it's not gonna happen. happen. It's, it's not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, uh, yeah, they they operate by the same kind of logic of like here's an inside look. If you follow these people, are you know uh, identity characters, and in this mm-hmm. it's Damien and Janice, and you know of course uh, Katie. You're gonna get a uh, an outside observer's opinion of like how this all works. Yeah, and so I, I'm both a part of the system and I'm outside of it, and that's kind of that's the place for comedy, right? That's where right rebellion happens. That's where uh, people trying to fit in will feel alienated. Uh, it's a lot of that. Uh, it's a lot of that. Uh, Uh, angst that comes out of being a teen so most of teen movies have your identity character someone who is like trying to fit in but also sees it as like a like what's the point of all of this kind of stuff right um that's of course that's why i think in its dna mean girls uh even though it is kind of like a hyper quotational uh comedy it's in its roots it's just a teen film so the structure of it and the beats therein are very standard it's just the pacing and the rhythm are really freaking fast yeah it's Uh, it's that like tina fey super whip smart joke a minute writing and then uh uh it's based in this like I mean, and again, I think it's a testament to the source material, which I, I can't really speak that much to because I have not read, but a, a book written by a someone I believe is a psychologist and is is kind of written in this like like this clinical book about teenage girls. So it's informed. That's right. That was what she, it, it even says that mm. it's based on it. But that, if I'm correct, is non-narrative. It's, it's kind of like it's an advice. Because I remember book. after the movie. It's an, ev- it's an advice it's book. An she advice just thought book, it was yeah. like, look at all this wisdom. That's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Right. It's really yeah. Weird. It's kind of the same. It's in a way it's Charlie Kaufman looking at uh, the orchid thief and going like, uh, yeah, I'm going to make adaptation. Yeah. Uh, and if you catch any of those references, you couldn't, the book and the movie couldn't be farther from yeah. each other. No, I remember after um, loving this movie so much and being, and being a comedy nerd and a general nerd, I was like, I want to, it's based off a book. Let me read it. And then like pulling out this, uh, book and I was like, oh, never mind. And being a little disappointed. Uh, but now I think it's uh, why this movie has so much longevity to it. I think right. I say that as yeah. someone who like this movie was perfectly marketed to and for at the time, but right, uh, right, right. I love it. Yeah, that's, that's great. awesome. Hey, that's speaking great. of perfect marketing opportunities, hey, Bridget, <laughs> since we got you, what's the future of your endeavors with the beans? Like, uh, I know there's at least one unique episode of Rough Stuff coming up. Can you tell us about it? Oh yeah, I am so excited and nervous about uh, the the upcoming <laughs> rough stuff uh, where uh, we are. Uh, Sarah and I have had the opportunity to go home, and we are uh, we've interviewed each other's parents, or in the process of that as of right now. Wow. So she has interviewed my parents. I am in the next <laughs> couple days going to interview her parents. Uh, it is. Uh, making my palms sweaty just talking about it. Uh, yeah. So that will be super fun, and I think just like insightful for rough stuff listeners. So look out for that one. And we're still uh, watching Fast and Furious movies. That's right. Because you can't stop me. Oh, you guys are so I'm close. I'm sad that it's. Yeah. So uh, close. I have to ask you. I have to ask mm-hmm. you uh, because, like, it's killing me because yeah. I don't want to alter anything, and I'm hoping. Well, I don't know. I'm not going to uh, uh, reveal anything, but has there been anything that has really surprised you based off Sarah's uh, like stuff that you just didn't expect or stuff that you expected and it just it never happened? Like, I, I want to know so bad your guys's like internal logic of like, oh, this is how I read the movie and you're like, Oh, I did not think that at all. Or I did not expect you to have that takeaway. Has there been one observation that she's made Um, that is really like, 
I, I don't know. The notable, I guess. I don't know if there's one. I am just continually shocked about... I, I don't know why I continue to be shocked about how little she knows about these movies. <laughs> um, that she... Yeah. like The one that still shocks me is from the very first episode where she is so surprised by the reveal that Brian is Brian O'Connor is a cop. Mm-hmm. She did not see that right. coming and feel like uh, I was watching. It was pre COVID. So we were watching the movie in the same room at the time. She hit me <laughs> uh, like fully like reached across the couch <laughs> like, and hit oh me and was God. like, Oh my God. And there, there have been when we were watching those movies together, a couple times where I like turned to her and waited for a moment and she's like had the appropriate reaction, but that one I I did not see coming at all. Um, <laughs> That's great. I uh, I love the show so much. I'm a huge fan. Uh, uh, it's so enjoyable it's the best to listen to the theme both of you. song on our network. <laughs> it is that that I is also, what surprises me is that she doesn't. I also want everyone to know that I edit that show, uh-huh. uh, and I do very little. Uh, Especially because Sarah, she just sings it every time. Yep. That is not. She doesn't it's have to not do it. Like we recorded it <laughs> and then we replay it. She is identical every time because I have like a, a little bass track and I have some drums and stuff. I don't even move them. That's incredible. She's so on time that's, and on meter. I don't know how she does it. That's incredible. I. I know that she doesn't have to do it every time. I'm not sure if she knows that, but I'm not going to tell her. If no, she, doesn't. she needs to keep doing that. <laughs> no, it's, no, I, it's a, no, I will not she, stop. Don't let her stop. No, it's don't let her stop. It's my favorite thing when I uh, when we go to record. I'm like, are you ready? And every time she's like, oh shit, yeah, I got to do this. And I was like, <laughs> yes. you don't have to, but I'm not going to tell you. Not yeah. to do it. She's like, no, I got to. It's a convention at this point. Yeah, uh, man. What a what a what a blast! Yeah. yeah, both of those shows, rough stuff. Casting the curious, yeah. so uh, much fun to do. Yep. and you beans. can find yeah. Bridget at Bridget Tweets on Twitter. Is there anywhere else that you're active? Um, not you can find me on Instagram at Bridget underscore Greenberg. There you go. But uh, you know, Twitter Twitter is where you know Twitter's my main as well. I, that's yeah. really good stuff. Twitter is where I talk <laughs> about really the stuff. heat mostly, but uh, <laughs> sometimes there are jokes. <laughs> right. Jesus and what I'm it's up to fire, guys. well what a I'm so glad we got to yeah, talk today yeah. um, you know to take my mind off of the fact that our mm-hmm. state is burning yeah uh, and I w- once again want to give a shout out and thanks to John and John. Laura yeah uh, Just great John. suggestion John and Laura who uh, brought to you brought you all this episode so thank yes. them yeah uh, thank you comments. John and Laura for bringing me on and recommending this movie that I love and uh, yeah, thank, thank you, you guys for having me. Absolutely. Thank you, Bridget. Any other well, final words, abs- Swim? Always. Uh, if you want to help us keep the lights on, you can do so over at patreon.com slash smallbeans, where you can uh, join at multiple tiers that will unlock various Beanus content modules, which is how I say bonus extra content. And uh, more right. importantly, just uh, keep Small Beans existing. So throw us a few bucks if you can. If you can't, we'd love it if you could head over to the iTunes store, find Small Beans, and give us a five star review if you can't do any of that that's fine nice to chat with you we're appreciative of your listen yes <laughs> did she get hit Thank by you. a bus yes yes, yes. <laughs> podcast over her head spun all the way around yes This has been a Small Beans Endeavor. We're a bunch of pals who make podcasts, sketches, music, web series, and movies. The Beans always have new ideas percolating, so make sure to check us out at patreon.com slash smallbeans. That's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com forward slash smallbeans, where you can browse all of our current and past content, see what we've got planned in the future, and learn how your support can help the Small Beans grow into huge, giant monster beans. If you enjoyed this content module, please like, rate, subscribe, or tell a friend about us. We love you!